understood here tonight. This is still a country. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Aside for that. Also, too, it was nice to see throughout the game as well. I mean, had a lot of many, uh, of course, uh, shots and angles on the Hall of Fame inductees uh, going to this year's class. Saw Bill Cowher briefly on the sidelines with uh, Mike Tomlin right there, standing next to him. It was cool to see that, uh, those two right there. Uh, I mean, just mingling there. I mean, once again, congratulations to both coaches, uh, Bill Cowher and Jimmy Johnson. I mean, we also saw in that game, too, uh, Donnie Shell right there. Dressed to the nines with his shoes right there, as uh, one Fox Sports interviewer pointed out. Had the Steelers colors uh, through and through. Primarily the the gold and the black shoes, the yellow gold uh, shoe on. So, I mean, congratulations to Donnie Shell right there. He was another guy uh, right there who uh, came into this league right now. Who was a big contributor on the safety, too. Don't forget, he was also the guy that made the hit on Earl Campbell against the Oilers in 1978. Where the Steelers split with the Oilers. They did eventually win the division before they won their Super Bowl. But this was another guy who was undrafted coming out of South Carolina State. I mean, he played 14 seasons for this team. He was not only a four-time Super Bowl champion, but he made the Pro Bowl five times and was a three-time All-Pro. And those All-Pro years came in 1979 and 1980, and then, of course, 1982 in a strike-shortened year. Also, Joe Buck, too, right now, who's also going into the Hall of Fame, uh, don't forget, I mean, this year. I mean, when we uh, look at it, I mean, for uh, what he he's done as a broadcaster, especially with Fox Sports, I want to say there he, he's been there since the beginning of the launch right now for this uh, team. I mean, Joe, Joe Buck, I mean, he's just definitely been a very deservedly uh, guy in here who's been going in right now. I mean, for the most part, I mean, man, I mean, he, he's been a guy who's been a true uh, legend in this broadcast. I mean, back when Fox Sports launched its debut in 1994. I mean, just, just awesome to, like, uh, see him get in there. I mean, join his uh, father, uh, Jack Buck, in the Hall of Fame. I mean, for uh, this year. As he, uh, it was announced uh, earlier in the season of last season that he was the newest member of the Hall of Fame. And it was announced during a Thursday night game while he was on the air. He's the recipient of the Pete Rozelle Award in Canton, Ohio. So he'll be joining his father, Jack Buck, the late Jack Buck, who got that honor, I believe, in 1996. And then 25 years later, it was nice to see Al Michaels pay a shout-out to Joe Buck on here. 
I mean, Al Michaels one of my all-time favorite broadcasters, but I got to tell you right now, I mean, aside from Al Michaels, I like Jim Nance a lot, really got appreciation for him, but Joe Buck, I must admit, I mean, he is a guy right here, when you watch a football game being called, I mean, he knows how to be right on point, straight to the delivery of what's happening on the field, and I think that's all that's important right there. I mean, you look at when Joe Buck came in there. Remember, it's, I mean, in 2002, when they moved on from John Mann and Pat Summerall, who were the original lead uh, play-by-play uh, group for FL on Fox, uh, which they were the duel for eight seasons. But then in 2002, it started off with Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and then Chris Collinsworth, too, for a few years. And I want to say that broke up either in 2004 or 2005. But, man, I, I just I just feel right now when you watch, I mean, like Joe Buck especially call. I mean, the chemistry is he's especially developed alongside Troy Aikman. I mean, when you also watch America's Game of the Week on Fox Sports, just did a whale of a job. And I know he's a baseball guy primarily, but Joe Buck, I mean, seriously, at the end of the day, although Joe Buck, I mean jokes you want to crack at the guy or whatever uh he knows how to call a game he knows how to broadcast he knows how to deliver the plays sight and sounds i mean at the end of the day and i'll be honest with you I, he couldn't be any more deservedly so to receive that honor uh going into that class and just really amazed by what he continues to do and how he just uh, fluently keeps up with the game i mean he started i think in his like mid to late 20s in his broadcasting career and just been around for so long and uh, really deserves this a lot. He, he really does. Just just a man's man here. Couldn't be any more uh, proud of him for what he's done uh, for not only baseball, but just the game of football too, especially in the NFL, how he's followed in his father's uh, footsteps here. I mean, just a really... Well, one of the true remarkable uh, good guys and stories of today. I mean, if you ever want to look up at someone, how to be a true broadcaster or just call a game such as myself, look no closer than this guy right here, Joe Buck. I mean, as he continues to get older, I mean, he's starting to remind me of uh, some of his uh, father's looks as uh, Jack Buck as we look at it. So congratulations, Joe Buck. Uh, going into the Hall of Fame, getting the Pete Rozelle Award. Now, as we uh, mentioned, too, uh, the wrap-up here. Steelers, they have signed running back uh, Brooks James on Tuesday. This will be a second stint with the Steelers within two seat, within two years. Uh, he was last with the team in 2019. Uh, he signed with the Falcons as an undrafted free agent following the 2019 NFL Draft. And was released. Uh, he then went on to spend five weeks on the practice squad with the Buccaneers before signing with the Steelers in 2019. He played in three games with the Steelers, which featured uh, one with the Falcons, but his career highlights all with the Steelers 11 yards on 11 carries, and he also had two kickoffs for 32 yards all, all with them that year. I mean, Brooks James, he was uh, released by the Falcons uh, on July 26th of this year. But while at Oregon, uh, he was there. 
He had a career rushing average of 1,863 yards, 392 receiving yards, and a total of 3,302 all-purpose yards. He played in 12 games in the season in the senior season with 57 carries for 306 yards and four touchdowns. Let's go ahead and get wrap up to my favorite segment of the show right now. Oh, by the way, speaking of which, real quick, before we get out of here. Which of these guys that you feel like right now has like the most impressive Hall of Fame story? I mean, we, we talk about how a guy like Alan uh, Fanica right now, I mean, he had to, I mean, deal with a lot of like uh, head trauma. I mean, basically throughout his uh, career here. I mean, when, when you looked at it, I mean, I mean, his, uh, I mean, he, he definitely had uh, some uh, interesting uh, things for his uh, career. I mean, seizures he had to play through. But I, I think, uh, who would you say? I mean, also Troy Palomaro, too. I mean, look where he grew up, too, in California. I mean, uh, with his mom, eventually his aunt and uncle at one point. Played a little bit of baseball, too, I think, in USC. But uh, still, I mean, I, I think I love the story, too. Like, when he was getting drafted by the Steelers, he saw the 412 area code. He said, that's not a California number. Uh, he was definitely very uh, unhappy at the moment. But, you know, uh, <laughs> he was told by uh, Dan Rooney, his rookie season, when he, sit, he was ma mainly on the bench his first year under Bill Cowher. I uh, had a guy like Dan Rooney said, don't worry about what other people are saying about you. I believe he has special talent in you, and I know what you could do. And then he was going like, hey, what were they saying about me? I mean, just some great stuff like that. I think Troy Paul I mean, look at the guy with his hair and stuff. But, I mean, uh, he talked about how he loved his favorite football player, uh, Walter Payton, how him and his brother would play in their backyard, I mean, through uh, sprinklers. And pretend uh, that was Soldier Field right there. And he was playing like with uh, some adult friends too. A uh, game of football. Trying to take lesser hits on his body. I mean, if anything, I want to hear like what you think your most impressive story. Was it Alan Fanco battling through his seizures? Uh, Troy Palomalu. I mean, was they have his draft game, seeing the 412 area code? Uh, Bill Cower, I mean, more particularly. I mean, in his uh, head coaching career. I mean, one of the things he always bragged about, he was saying, like, you know, like, if I can make it by my high school reunion, I think which was 1995, that he would still be, like, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He wanted to make it for his first three seasons. You know, they could still say he was head coach of the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers. And, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that, that was I thought that was cool right there. And then, of course, too, I mean, who, who are we leaving out here? I mean, Donnie Shell too. I mean, him, I mean, making his tackle on Earl Campbell. What do you guys think had the most impressive story? Who is the person, once again, I think I mentioned this on my last podcast, who do you look forward to see getting enshrined the most? Bill Cower? Troy Palomalu? Donnie Shell? Also, Bill Nunn, too. He'll be getting his recognition this weekend, I believe. Uh, also, too, you'll be having, for the 2000, part of that 2021 class, Alan Fanica. So let me know. I'll post it on Twitter. I'll do a survey tomorrow. 
I'd like to hear your uh, thoughts, which I'm sure I'll be glad to hear from. Then also, uh, too, uh, fair or foul, let's wrap it up. This is the only topic I got for the night. Which of these quarterbacks will be the odd man out? I'll say my prediction will be Joshua Dobbs. Fair or foul that he gets, he's the odd man out for the Steelers quarterback death chart? I'll have to say fair for right now. I mean, I'm just not so sure if I see much of a future at quarterback in him. I know that's been Andrew Filippone's, one of his top guys, what he could do with his legs. But, I mean, Rudolph, too. I mean, for tonight, he didn't look that bad. I mean, the only part that did kind of look a little bit of a stain on his face, he had zero scoring drives, I mean, in this uh, contest uh, for tonight. I mean, Joshua Dodds, he had the only uh, throwing touchdown in this game, I mean, for the Steelers. But when the Steelers did finally, like, get on the board, I mean, in the second half, uh, where they went up, let's see, it was uh, 6-3. It was a touchdown uh, run by Kalen Blage with Dwayne Haskins on their center. He had a four-yard rush. And then, of course, uh, Sam Sloman, extra point was no good. So I'm, I'm going to say fair to Joshua Dobbs the yeah, man out. And that's going to do it for this edition here of the Man of Steel podcast. Yours truly will be in Canton and the Pro Football Hall of Fame attending. I uh, hope to see my main guy out there, Brian Diardo of CBS Sports right there. He is a, a national writer for the National Football League. He also does some great work contributing uh, mentioning about the Steelers every now and then, especially on Facebook Live or wherever you can catch them. Once again, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Brian Diardo. And for me, you can follow me once again at CGR and at Nation on Instagram. As I always, leave a Steel Nation. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. I gone.